So maybe you're a crazy person like me who has over 400 Marines and you want to name them all. Or maybe you love creating new characters for D&D. Or maybe you just really like learning the meaning and origins behind some of your favorite nerdy character names from pop culture. Well then, it sounds like you need Naming Your Little Geek by Scott Root. This is an incredibly fun and easy read. It taught me not only is Ulrich the name of a war god, but also a Sith master. It also comes with one more added benefit. It's a great resource for naming your babies. Follow the link in the description below and pick up your copy of Naming Your Little Geek today. Hello and welcome back to Geeks of Grimdark. Today we're doing a bolter. Why are we calling them bolters? Because they're rapid fire and only last 24 to 30 minutes. So, cards on the table. This might become a heavy bolter. We'll see how it turns out in the end. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich and with me as always. The Shield Brother Axel Wright. How's it going today? It's okay. I'm three days into... So, my new warehouse that I moved into a couple weeks ago has a gym. And so for the last three days I've gone in after work and just got on the Stairmaster for an hour. So, I'm feeling pretty good about that, actually. Mm -hmm. That's good, man. I gotta give you credit for that. Yeah, get my heart stronger, because there's heart problems in my family. So the plan is five days a week, an hour after work every day. Yeah, it's not bad. You pop on a podcast or a video, and away you go. That's the idea. How are you doing? I'm back to having problems with my back, so but that's Petra, the highlight of my week. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's it's less fun. But let's do something that is fun. Thanking our illustrious legion, a.k.a. our pay. They are Pam Gelly, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Gelly, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin Ray, Brendan Andrew, John Vinnels, Kit Kenny, Seth Decker, Dona Lucy, Patrick Anderson, Carson Mouse, Scott Rubin, Derek Cuddy, and Peter Cook. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, get early access to all our content, head over to patreon.com forward slash blue shields. And today, on a a very special bolter we have a guest uh favorite <laughs> of myself as a person because i just spent eight days nine days vacationing with him wretched giraffe hello all right hello to you too <laughs> anyway uh, i was giving a run time for you know more of an intro but okay <laughs> how are you doing today wretched uh not too bad man not too bad just got off work uh you know <laughs> chill all right well, it sounds like we should get right into our topic then. All right. So, if everything works out the way it should, this will be out right around the time we all finally have our hands physically on 10th edition. So, we're going to talk about what we think... Of Warhammer, uh, if that's not obvious. Yes, Warhammer. <laughs> uh, what we think of the rules, what we think of this edition, what we're hopeful for to see in this edition, and anything we're kind of nervous about. And we have not covered any of the faction focuses up till now. We literally had a conversation. We're like, let's just wait until basically everything's out, and we'll just have like a conversation about all of whatever we want to talk about. Yeah, and if you're here for the deep strategic dives or the wings, that's that's not us. That, well, that's not this podcast. Maybe a, maybe a little bit. <laughs> we'll give a little bit, but... No, this is we're not going to break down. So here's the winning strategy, because I don't think that's our audience. Yeah, I just know that Wretched and I have many discussions about, you know, how things work mechanically. So we, we have we have things to say. But yeah, we're not we're not Auspex tactics. We're not going to break things down bullet point by bullet point. No, we're just uh, just some basic stuff that uh, even people who aren't that great at the game could kind of pick out. And I, that, by the way, if that was not obvious, that was the opposite of a dig at Auspex tactics. That man is amazing and gets stuff out insanely quick and is a great resource if for some reason you're listening to this and haven't checked out his videos. Anyway. The man's is awesome. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, Auspex tactics is amazing. Anyway, so... 10th edition, 40k. Where, Ulrich, where do you want to start? Uh, let's just kind of start by talking about the first thing we all got, the rulebook. Well, I, I mean, technically the first thing we got was 
what was the first faction focus they released? Was it... I feel like it had to be space. I think it was, yeah. yeah. So I technically, was... that was the first thing we got. Yeah, but with the first thing we got in full, which was the rule book. Okay. Yeah, uh, we got our hands on the rule book. Wretched and I both read it at the same time, and we just kind of talked through uh, a lot of the parts of it. I will say that one thing that surprised me, and not in a positive or negative way, just as observation, was that not nearly as much change as I thought it was going to. Like, yeah. For all the talk of this is a brand new, all different edition, this is like, this is the same rule book, you just smoosh some phases together. Yeah, like we don't have a psychic phase, we don't have a morale phase anymore, which is fine because basically having more psychic happen during shooting, you know, makes things a little cleaner, and having morale phase happen during command also makes things cleaner. So that's fine, but otherwise, most of the rule book is pretty much unchanged, seemingly. Yeah, I was really anticipating, like, I have to relearn the whole system. There's going to be something vastly different. And I read, like, this this isn't different at all. Okay, I like this, because it a, it's a sound system. They've been carried over from eight. Yeah, it's just simplified a lot of stuff and com- combined a lot of stuff into some key keywords, essentially. Which, let's talk about the big one. How is everyone feeling about Psychic Phase getting folded into shooting? Wretched, now I know that you're currently a corn army man, but you spent years... As a thousand suns army man, so I want to hear mostly your input on this. I think it's fine. I kind of like it being uh, something that's more interactive because I know that there's a lot of thousand suns players out there that were like, uh, we like to do the funny, the funny spells here and there, which we were gonna do anyway. But they keep kind of pointing us towards making our psychic abilities into a uh, like always a burn build. So like you're always taking this stuff with the mortal wounds to kind of stay together. And mortal wounds aren't fun on like either side right because you just there's your damage well can i save against this no have fun what's funny about that that, not to interrupt you wretched but wretched and i had a very specific experience with this as i was getting into the hobby i played kill team at first and wretched was playing thousand suns i was playing orcs at the time and then we had our group of people with you know uh, ad mech player uh tau player a harlequin player but the point is that over time Poor Wretched, weirdly enough, was a victim of his own success because he won constantly, but because the nature of the win was always mortal wounds and there's no defense against it, it just is, it created a feeling in all his opponents of like, well, there's just nothing I can do about that, it's out of my hands, and it's not fun to play. And that made Wretched then, conversely, not have fun playing Thousand Suns, so we switched to Custodes for a while. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They broke the mortal wound system because when 8th, when it was introduced, like a handful of really powerful weapons and then the occasional psychic power, I'm like, oh, okay, this this isn't half bad. And then much like stratagems, they got to be too damn much. That is one thing too. Like, uh, I think that the moving most of the psychic abilities to like an actual just ability on the card is a great change. As opposed to here's this list of like 13 spells. Three of them are useful anyway, so... I admit from a, the only, my only experience with psychic stuff is I use a weird boy in my orc army sometimes, and my sister's army I use an inquisitor, but just for two spells, period. So I totally get that. I I do say it kind of feels weird to go from I have essentially a spell book to I have an ability. I'm not saying there's necessarily anything wrong with that, but I mean, I've been playing tons of Total War and your average mage in Total War has access to probably about four spells at least by the time they're max level, or max, you know, an appropriate level. Yeah, and I'm kind of curious to see how they tweak that. I think the biggest thing I like is now it eliminates the 
if you didn't bring any psychers, you just sit a phase out while your opponent does stuff to you, and you're just forced to react. That, in most cases, not even react. Yeah, that is uh, that is one thing I do like about it being shooting, especially since uh, now with most of the smites, it's an actual save as if it was a shoot. So that's much better, in my opinion, because being able to roll a dice instead of just, I guess I just take damage this phase, all right, uh, is a great change, in my opinion. How does the yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I have I've had games against like heavy psyker armies. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna walk over there, get a drink. You roll all the spells, and then come back and tell me what damage I take and if I roll anything. Because hmm. otherwise, I don't need to sit here and watch you say a bunch of words at me, roll the dice, and then pick those up and roll them again. It's just not fun. What does the I don't remember because it's been like a little under a week since I read the the, the rules. What does the psychic code word keyword actually do? I know word. it affects certain units, which is the other thing I want to talk about real quick. I'm going to have to get a cheat sheet for my first few games of this edition. I everyone I'm is so happy that Universal Special Rules are back, but there is no way I'm keeping all that shit in my head. Well, not oh, first, yeah. certainly. Well, also just some of them, the word, the phrasing is too similar for me to go. Wait, is that a mortal wound or an automatic? Which yeah, well, one is I, that? I've got some of them down pretty well, like uh, anti. Is yes, the, anti's easy. Yeah, anti yeah. is the automatic wound above whatever uh, number it is. Yeah, devastating wounds. The you you just do critical, so you get a mortal wound. Um, sustained hits is it, an extra or sixes explode. Um, Lethal hits is uh, is auto wounding on critic on whatever the number is, right? Yes, I believe so. Okay, and lethal see, hits I'm unsure about. The other ones I that we said. Like I said, I'm getting it's all going on a note card. Because some carry over from the previous edition, some you can figure out real easy. You know, I know that easy. I know that twin pistol. <laughs> yeah, I know that uh, twinned or whatever that is did not translate to what I thought it would be. So. Yeah, twin link changed and blast changed. I'm yeah. not happy blast changed. I liked blast. Blast was fun and reliable. I think the new blast. I don't remember what it does. I remember reading it and thinking that it's better, but I don't remember what it does, so I can't say. Yeah, I, I think the new blast change is fine. Honestly, there's not any real change. I'm I, I like all the changes. There's nothing I'm really mad about. There, there is, is one. There is one change. Big that, change Ooh. that Wretched and I have talked about at length. That is kind of infuriating, and I understand where it came from, but the consequences of it are quite vast. It's, which is it has uh, to do with how fight phase is translated or conducted. Okay, I've heard some grumbling about fight phase, and I. Curious where you guys Here's are. the thing that the text in the rules specifically specifies that when the fight phase occurs, the first one who gets to fight is whoever's turn it's not. Now, the reason why this is the case, usually, is because that means that whoever engaged the fight who charged, they get fight first for that turn because they charge so it counteracts it because it's still in this like one thing two thing phase like fight first people all fight and then the non-fight first people fight so even though the person whose turn it's not theoretically fights before the person whose turn it is fight first overrides that therefore you have a alternating so that on the other person's turn the person who charged still is the one fighting first now that's all fine i get why that's the case but it creates a situation where if you've got a unit who has fight first natively it actively harms you to charge them (laughs) yeah because charge literally specifies that all charge does is give you fight first therefore you charge them both of the units have fight first so they get to go first because it's not their turn and then on the following turn 
you lose your fight first, they keep it, they still get to attack you first, and then that will just continue indefinitely. Now, again, fight first is supposed to have that for prolonged battles, but the fact that if you charge someone, they get to fight you before you fight them is kind of nonsense. <laughs> I think that's going to get FAQ'd in the first six months, and the way I would do it is it's a roll-off with fight first being plus one. I mean, I said something similar, didn't I, Wretched, that I think it should just yeah, roll off? That, yeah, I I kind of agree. Because as it stands, it's a fuck atrocious. Like, Well, it's also, I, did, I read that part, like, I get it, but I don't like it, because why wouldn't you say charging units always fight first and then leave it at that unless the unit has fights first, then it's a roll-off. It's funny, because this it comes from... It's two design principles that I can see. One is the simplification principle, because they don't want to have charge state, fight first state, and then regular fight state. Even though I honestly think just having three states is fine. But yeah. they want to simplify it. And then two, they're trying to make it so that under basically any normal conditions, if you have two units in protracted melee combat, they will always alternate so that it's not one person fights second and then fights first in the next... Uh... Yeah, that, that's a great system, but I don't know. This one feels like they're gonna FAQ it shortly into this edition. Like It's especially right. funny with specifically the lion, because the lion is scary Boy. as hell, but like honestly, there are only two things on his card that are really atrocious. One is he has fight first, and two is his ridiculous CP-stealing <laughs> bullshit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, man, the, the lion's gonna be... That man's gonna be really oppressive. I like seeing Primarchs be big and scary, but that was one, like, that... I don't get that one, that choice. Yeah. I Granted, we'll have to wait to see what the points are when he comes out, but, like, as well, it I'm stands... Even putting that aside, like, thematically, why oh. does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild how... He's just got every base covered. Yeah, like, if you if you look at it mathematically, the lion has no weakness. There is literally no way to deal with him. He deep strikes in. If you charge him, he kills whatever, like, he gets attacked with, and he doesn't give a fuck about range because you can just stick him in a unit that will deep strike with him because of how the leadership ability transfer works. Yeah, there's a bit of new models. By the way, there's another aspect that is a change that we have moved, I think, reverted from to a ver to a version of the game that's before I joined where HQs now join in with units which I'm really excited for. I think that's really cool. But yeah. it does cause oh, problems fun. with things like the lion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I had that. It was fun. I love building little command squads. Yeah, I think it's a, a welcome change back. It it does give um like leader units a little bit more of a a shine because I do know Knight that a, a lot of everyone just kind of having a beat stick character. Yeah. Well, it also kind of lets you feel it's going to see some models that were good but never got fielded because you didn't need to take up that extra H HQ slot. They're going to get to be, you know, or you didn't like, well, you're good, but I don't really need you. Now it's like, well, you're good and you'll serve as a bodyguard, so get in. Yeah. And there are already a handful of potentials that look very exciting, certainly. Oh, Terminator's going to be so much fun to run. Well, Guillemin definitely should be slotted into a group of Terminators. Oh, he's going to be fun to put with a number of things. I'm like, oh, you and my Blade Guard, you and my Terminators. I'm curious with how the Vicatrix Guard end up. As a side note, last Saturday, Wretched and I had a Warhammer day with some friends. I did a three-and-a-half-hour slugfest of Sisters v. Tau, and that was really fun. Killed both the Riptides and the Crisis Suits. I got the Storm Surge down to three wounds. Couldn't finish it off, though, and I lost. But 
fun game. Oh. And my opponent had never played Sisters before, so at one point, I think in turn two, he literally looked at me rolling my Miracle die, and he goes, what's that? <laughs> and then I told him, <laughs> he went, I don't like that. <laughs> Which is really funny. Meanwhile, oh, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Wretched had a game against a an Ultramarine player who's very new, but he's already painted up like fifteen hundred points in like two months or something. Jesus Christ! Oh yeah. Apparently, yeah, the guy is. already was a painter. Like that's his hobby. So oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, but he uh, he was not prepared for the particular kind of game that Wretched brought, <laughs> so he got got kind of ousted. But then he yeah. did a, he did a game against. What, Iron Warriors? Yeah, it's Iron Warriors. Yeah, and then in that game, Guillemin basically carried him through, like, the back half of the battle, just slaughtering his way through. He still lost at the end, but barely. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. Real quick, though, we can spend as much or as little time on this as we feel. The controversy around combi weapons. I remember looking at them and thinking they seemed a little weak, but I don't remember why. What What's the controversy? Well, people are mad that they're just... It's not a combi flame or a combi plasma, combi, combi grab, ah. combi whatever. They now just kind of have general stat lines. They're like, oh, no, that's actually just okay. Not great, not bad, just well, okay. In my experience... Now, on Sterngard, will... it's a whole other situation, because Sterngard actually... Sterngard look really good. I, I will say, in my personal experience, and that's all it is, personal experience, combi weapons, if you have it on something, it's almost always an HQ, and if you're using it... 95% of the time I'm using both profiles and taking the minus one to attack. Yeah, that's so, not a thing anymore. Yeah, but my point is I'm already kind of using it. Like I'm not like choosing almost ever. I'm just using both profiles. So combine them into, okay, effectively both parts of the weapon uh, thematically create this weapon profile. I'm fine with that. That does that inherently isn't bothering. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like I do miss like the thematic choice of well, do I want to have a flamer or a grav pistol or or a melt or any of these things? But then it's also kind of like it doesn't really matter because the damage profile is the same, and I can you know model it however I want. So ultimately, it's not it's not an issue to me. Yeah, so it doesn't bother me. Same thing goes with power weapons. I am kind of bummed that power weapons are just you know power weapons. But that said, it doesn't matter because I wasn't running them for the stats. I was running them for my character should have this power weapon because this seems cool. That's fair. That was the way to do it. And I think that's kind of where a bit of the grumbly coming is from the competitive side. It's like you've taken out my ability to, you know, spend points to maximize on certain things. I Okay, I'm not going to say that there isn't probably some of that. Sure. But I will say that the stuff that, I, like, again, Wretched and I have had a few conversations about this. The stuff that I'm mostly upset about has nothing to do with whether or not something is good, but it has to do with whether or not it feels appropriate for the army that, because most of the stuff I have problems with aren't core rules, they're faction-focused things. Yeah. And they're about, does this feel right for this army? Basic example, before we get into, I have my own personal gripes, but one that's interesting to me, the World Eaters faction focus. Oh, boy changed their whole faction mechanic from the blood tithe blood tithe tide is a tide or tithe blood tithe tithe it's a tithe all right well they changed it from the blood tithe to this like ritual dice thing where you roll some dice you roll eight yeah so you roll eight dice and then whatever you get on that in those dice let you buy uh perks off of a pool now i've done the math and mechanically it is it's got a wider bell curve of possibility. 
which means that it's most likely far stronger than Blood Tithe, just less consistent because you don't have like full control over exactly what you're going to get, and it's possible to have a really bad roll. But more my issue is that that feels like a Zinch mechanic. Everything about that feels like, oh, you're rolling random die, and the randomness of the die grant you access to essentially a bunch of spell-like ability things. Like, everything about that feels like a Zinch mechanic. Meanwhile, the Dark Elves got Blood Tithe. <laughs> Where they just, yeah, they uh, gave my faction mechanic away. Kind of wild. So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it is a weird aesthetic decision all about with this faction. I uh, I agree. There's, there's like, two things. Uh, mechanically, I don't really care, because I'm, I'm sure it'll be fun either way. Like, they're still going to be fun. They're still great. It, it just is strange when they keep going, oh, well, the reason that it's this way is because you know how random corn is, right, guys? With all of his uh, changing that corn does. And not not to get like not to get like more <laughs> pretentious or anything, but but corn and Nurgle are the consistent ones. You know what you're getting into with corn and Nurgle. It's Sinch and Slanesh that are the capricious ones. Yeah, and I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but their old the blood title is basically the same as it was in Age of Sigmar of kill X amount of people, get X amount of points, then spend the points to do cool things. Also like, lose X number of people. Yep. Yeah. But, like, one of the cool things was summon a blob of 20 bloodletters to the battlefield for free. Uh, this wasn't really any summoning, but a bunch of, like, uh, like buffs that you could give to your army. Okay, so, so like, plus recharging. the same yeah. principle. Well, resummoning Anagron, yeah. but that's a special. Yeah, but that's kind of a, that's more of a hidden thing, yeah. Okay, so we'll, we'll see how it pans out. I don't know. I think a lot of this stuff, and the reason I didn't get too upset with a lot of the things that bug me is like, well, it's only a codex away. Yeah. And none of these are terrible. They're inconvenient at best, but not terrible. Yeah, so, it's just, yeah. Again, it's not it, about it's not about how bad. good they are because like it's gonna be good. Like the math checks out. It seems like it's gonna be very strong. It's just not thematic. It's just a really weird. Yeah, like one of my one of my personal gripes with one of my factions is with so they did the orc faction focus and most of it looked great. Basically, I I, I do feel it's weird that they've transitioned from the green tide to the green one turn. Essentially, everything about the faction is about making one really strong turn. I'm a little uncomfortable with that, but it'll probably still be great because orcs are always at least good. But then I looked at Gazkul, and again, this is not me saying like, oh, my faction leader better be strong, because yeah, he's strong. He's probably going to get sl slotted into a group of mega knobs and, and wreck face. What's weird is, and I'm fine with removing damage caps, like, Absolutely. Damage caps are very unfun to play against in the same way that Mortal Wounds are. So I'm fine with them removing Prophet of Gork and Mork as it was, where you could only take four wounds in a phase. But they did two things that are really weird to me. One is that they've replaced it with, like, Prophet of the Great Wa. So they've, like, secularized him for some reason. And that's just a odd choice, because to me that's one of the big things about him, is that he's literally being handpicked and protected by Gork and Mork. And two, his main defensive ability now is that Makari, his grot boy, is in his unit card. Makari has a two-up invuln save and one wound. So what that means thematically is that he's using Makari as a shield until Makari dies, and then he flings him, and then he has no defensive thing after it. Mechanically, that's pretty strong. Thematically, it feels really weird. It's even weirder when that means that he's not the go off on his own and inspire his boys by wrecking shit anymore. Now he's the 
stick him in a unit of something and really they do the stuff and he's just there which it just doesn't feel orky yeah and i kind of want to touch back on the bigger thing how are we feeling about everyone gets their rules at the start of the edition but not everyone gets the codex everyone has to share the same detachment i'm fine i was bothered at first because like my sisters are very very specifically not the order of our martyred lady i'm even chalice But I'm okay with, I'm fine with that. doesn't bother me. Yeah. My faction just came out, so there isn't a lot of choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a Space Marine player. I wait a month, and then I'll get my codex, so I don't have to worry too much about it. Exactly. But yeah. I, I also look back at, like, when we had indexes, and it's like, this is a better system than indexes were, because at least you're getting something. Whereas if you were indexed, it's like, well, I, I got no special rules, and I don't get anything unless Games Workshop decides to, you know, oh... I guess you can have objective control now. Well, it's one of those things where in basically my entire life at this point, it doesn't really affect me because in the games that me and Wretched play, we're super chill. We're very relaxed. We're very, you want to, you know, proxy that? You want to proxy this character as this, like, dreadnought? What is the the Lord Discordant that you proxy, Wretched? Discordant? Yeah, it was going to be a Mauler Fiend. Yeah, exactly. Like, we don't care. I admit, I eventually do want to go to tournaments, and at that point, I'll be a lot more, you know, strict with myself. But I'm not there yet. My army isn't anywhere near painted, so it doesn't really matter to me. I'll use the Order of Armored Lady rules, and I'm still an even chalice army. I'm fine. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's some grumbling about that, and it's like, you know, it's 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 a better system than we've had so far. I, I will say that personally... And I think that this is maybe controversial. I'm fine with sub-factions being extremely minimal. Like, if I just use Sisters as an example, if Bloody Rose, Eben Chalice, Argent Shroud, all of them, all of those detachment rules fit on a single page, I'd be fine. I don't need, like, more than that. No, I am kind of hoping, because I love the move to special actual rules for sub factions that was great but i kind of like what it seems like you can mix and match to whatever you feel thematically fits best because let's be honest we've all had that time when it's like my sub faction army rule just kind of sucks yeah or doesn't fit for sure yeah but i, I so, certainly wouldn't need, example even chalice is theoretically at least in the lore the most flame hungry of all of the uh, sisters orders so if they're Subfaction detachment rule was like, oh, you have plus two, four inches of range on your flamers. Cool. Good little thematic, like, thing. And that's all I need. <laughs> it's enough. Yeah. But if I wanted to slap that on my Order of the Bloody Rose, it's like, no, I want that one. That one sounds fun. I'm going to do that. There's no penalty against it. And that feels like the win for everybody. Yeah. Doesn't bother me at all. Because, again, uh, I like the game, but I also like, you know, the the narrative I'm sharing with the person I'm playing with. Well, I also think this is going to prevent people from, well, I'm an Iron Hands player right now because Iron Hands have the best rules. <laughs> Sorry, that's just funny because that basically hasn't happened since early 8th edition. Just with those I know, yeah, I would do that when they're, there's a lot of Iron Hands players running around now. Wonder. Well, they must really be, you know, popular. Oh, no, they just have a broken rule, so everyone wants to run Iron Hands. Yeah, absolutely broken. But then the second that rule went away, they all got sold on eBay. (laughs) Yeah. So, no. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's a few factions that uh, really suffered from that. The uh, One of these sub-factions is just much better than the others. Well, historically with Sisters, Bloody Rose is always best. 
Like, yeah. sometimes some of the other ones will poke their head out for, like, a, a month or two because of some errata, but Bloody Rose always ends up on top. And that doesn't... I'm, okay, it bothers me a little bit, but not really that much. And then with Orcs, it's almost always Speed Freaks. Goths, weirdly enough, have been dominant for, like, a year at this point, but historically it was always Speed Freaks, so eh, no problem there. Yeah, and Sons... Uh... Uh, Evil Sons, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I was thinking... Positive changes. Positive changes. Uh... The index cards. If oh, Games man. Workshop commits to those in to the degree that they should this could be a potential game changer well i mean i i'm so I, we were having a conversation after the the warhammer game where we had a couple new players and we were basically explaining to them a lot of the stuff that's been going on kind of controversially with gas workshop as a company and also in some ways very positive discussion because i was literally comparing them to wizards of the coast and being like hey wizards is basically being the bad guy when it comes to game companies right now and, and games workshop is like hey we're actually kind of the cool uncle right now and the the ultimate example and i'll get around to index cards in a second i'm working my way to it but the ultimate example was the whole like oh what happens when you know something gets accidentally sent out to someone that's not supposed to be released and it's a wizards of the coast they send the fucking pinkertons to get it back what happens when that same thing happens to games workshop they're like hey guys well, this accidentally got released and this guy got it but he made a cool paint job so here you go it's released now <laughs> Imagine the pressure of if you got the wrong model and you didn't want to paint, you're like, oh, fuck. I, I don't want to be under Games Workshop scrutiny. I don't want to paint this. Fuck. Yeah, but <laughs> apparently Games Workshop's pretty chill about it at this point. They've and got more leaks than a sinking ship, so they, they don't, they have bigger... Now, that what this gets around to, index cards, is that literally revealing, hey, all the rules for 10th edition are going to be free. Free online, and then anything beyond that, like, we'll sell you stuff if you want this stuff that's, like, rules-related, but you don't need it, is such a customer-side decision that it's, it's actually kind of mind-boggling that the same company that basically killed fan animation two years ago is making this decision, you know? Or is it one year ago? It feels like longer than that. Anyway. Uh, that's pandemic time. That doesn't obey the laws of time. That's yeah. right. That's the that's the perfect villain arc. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I'm pro-index cards. I will almost certainly buy the sister's related ones yeah because i'm still gonna buy my codex for multiple reasons but not having to flip through my codex to get to the unit i need and just going here's the card because that is how a song of ice and fire works everything's on cards and then when they update the card, and there's a free app so you can use the app or you can use your cards and then when they update the cards you go on the website you print out the new cards and then you put the new card over the old card in your handy dandy sleep handy dandy it's sleep. a wonderful system i'm not sure games workshop's going to follow through on that though which is my big point. well i mean they did in uh, some of the Warcry cases, so if it if it takes off, if people like it, I think then it's a good change. I also really like uh, how it kind of helps with how much easier it is to build an army now, because that's one of the big changes that I enjoyed oh, yeah. as well. Army army building rules have completely different, and they're completely open now. Oh, it's is, so yep. much better. I didn't realize how bad it was until I saw like, oh, this is the alternative. No, I like this. Yeah, no, it's again to me that's a that's a narrative happy decision. I feel like, even though I generally don't agree with Ulrich when it comes to his opinions on the competitive side of 40k's effect on the overall hobby, I will say that that open roster concept of how we build armies now is ripe for abuse. And I really hope that we avoid that somehow. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, so... Well, you haven't talked I'm... about anything... I mentioned both my faction focuses. Oh, by the way, the only thing with Sisters faction focus that really bugged me was they've reduced our Melta range again. So that's yeah, frustrating. Yeah, it was a weird nerf to Melta. Sure. Oh, also, and Wretched and I have talked about this, 
They said, like, on the onset, we're gonna, like, reduce armor pen, and we're gonna, like, raise toughnesses to kind of, like, balance kind of things. What we've seen, at least what I've seen, is strength has skyrocketed. I've seen things regularly have over 20 strength, and if I've seen toughness increases, it's been on characters alone. My fucking T3-ass army over here is still that, and armor pen doesn't seem to be noticeably noticeably different so this seems there like it's gonna been be a... a lot of concern for sisters in the anti-armor department yeah but not even just sisters this feels like it's gonna be an extremely killy opening to 10th edition yeah which sidebar real quick am i the only one that thought titans were super underpowered honestly i feel like titans are always super underpowered yeah it's weird game workshop fucking break the hinges off that shit you only sell a few hundred a year let them be ridiculously broken and stupid. I mean, it's the same thing with knights. Like, everyone thinks the knights are super spooky, and then you get into melee range with them, and they crumble. They, like, knights knights is a whole other conversation we need I to will have. tell uh, you, having had a ninth edition match with Tau this last Sunday, or Saturday, the change to Big Guns Never Tire is going to be amazing for knights players. Oh boy, yeah, yeah they're going to pop off. For anyone who doesn't know, one of the most basic things they've done is... If you're in a vehicle now, you are no longer required to fire at things that are in engagement range with you. At all. You can just fire over them. Which means there's no more sending your griblies at the, the night to tie it up while you take care of objectives. No, it's still gonna murder you. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good fix. And knights and a lot of the thematic armies all kind of fall under the same banner of how do we write rules for them. And by and large, most of them came out pretty good. I think Space Wolves and Death Watch kind of ended on the weaker side, but Grey Knights seemed thematic as fuck. Oh my Not god! Not really thematic. I would. <laughs> I'm saying right They're now. They're gonna be so good. <laughs> I would put money. I would literally put money down on Grey Knights being the most oppressive faction on release like the lion's the most oppressive data card we've seen but the gray knight's faction ability of i get three free teleports every turn in a game where mobility is king it's gonna get nerfed into the ground but also like you found a way to make them thematic and fun that's great oh yeah, yeah. Like, i agree i'm just saying they're gonna be it's gonna be harsh <laughs> playing against gray knights at first oh time. yeah they're gonna be real real good especially with the whole change to touching an objective and now it's mine even if i leave which also i love that that is i i hope they balance that well but that is such a good change well the, the funny the biggest thing... complaint with ninth edition was it was a fucking king of the hill so they kind of had that issue at the start of ninth where you could touch and go particularly uh, with drukari which is a big yeah, reason then... why they were so good yeah and then they, they, I don't know, I like that it's not everybody, it's only certain units. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, this feels like a good temporary fix. Secondary objection objectives feel meaningful and actually worth achieving. Sidebar, in, so anyone who paid attention to the competitive scene knows that Drukari basically owned 9th edition. There were plenty of times where other factions would get to the top for a while, Admech was the top for a while, Tyranids were at the top for a while, Thousand Sons had like a really solid two months at one point. But they were big villains. 
for like yeah. 10 seconds. Thank but, you, Armor of Contempt. <laughs> exactly. But Jukari basically stayed in the top three for most of the edition, and usually the top one, and usually with like a 20% win differential. And for anyone who doesn't know what that means, it basically means that Jukari are winning about 70% of games that involve them, which is insane. Normally you want your best army to be still less than 55% in a balanced game. It seems like, looking at the Jukari faction focus, they really took it to heart because they basically changed Drukari's entire faction ability from essentially infinite ramping, which is what it was before, to uh, you get pretty consistent rerolls. It's basically it. <laughs> I love the Tyranid special command rule of Endless Horde. I'm glad yes. that's a thing in the game. Yeah. Although the good. fact that Gene Stealers get it more for free is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was like, you know what? Gene Steelers deserve it. No one played Gene Steelers. Oh, they game. absolutely deserve it. I just think it's funny. <laughs> uh, Necron's players grumbled a whole bunch. It's like, yeah, you guys are killy enough without, yeah. you know, automatically coming back. It, it, they only grumble because basically Tyranids and Gene Steelers Colts getting completely better versions of their reanimation protocol is... It can be painful, but Necron I are fine. I get it, but Necrons are also still ridiculously killy. Yeah, Necron are good. They're fine. They'll be fine. Yeah. Um, the no. only one, the only one that I read that I know to me felt weak, but I think isn't. It just felt weak comparatively. Was the Death Guard one because Death Guard's yeah. mechanics have basically changed from we're impossible to kill to we, we lower your toughness. Yeah, yeah, we can it's... everything around them. It's thematic as fuck, and I like that. It's just it it looked very mechanically weaker. I don't think it will be that much. I think they're gonna be fine. I think yeah. well. So there's been a couple people that have looked at what what this actually does, and the big problem is it uh, it doesn't actually weaken things enough to move the uh, the, role. the strength versus toughness threshold like it should. So half the time it doesn't even matter. That's yeah. why it ends up being way weaker than the not having a feel no pain. Yeah. Plus, That's a simple fix. Plus, with strength going up so high across the board, it feels like at least from my perspective, there's going to be a lot of wounding on twos just in general. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, last things last, what are our biggest hopes for this edition? What are our biggest fears for this? Mm, well, my obvious biggest hope for this edition would be Emperor's Children, but, uh, that, if it does I'm happen... I'm not talking armies, I'm talking... Okay, well, we can talk armies, we can talk lore, we can talk all that, you know, stuff. I was thinking game mechanics, but, you know, let's, let's dive into lore. Yes, fucking Emperor's Children. Let's get everybody represented. Yeah, but if we're talking... Uh, second wave for Votan, um... Finish out the guard so that it's not just a homogenous Cadia and friends. Can I attack unit, please? Just one. If we're talking mechanics, what I probably want most would be... I, I don't know. I mean, something more thematic for Gaskell would be nice. Uh, but that's a very specific thing. I I have oh I have worries for Celestine just based on everything else I've seen. Like I I think Vol is gonna be fine as a Sisters player. I think Vol is gonna she's basically gonna be a weaker Guillemin almost certainly, which is what she should be essentially. But I'm very concerned about Celestine because of how they're translating abilities. I don't know what they're gonna do with her as long as she keeps her healing tears mechanic basically intact and i know they'll keep her resurrection mechanic intact i think she'll be fine i just might so i guess my hope is have her be at least as strong as a demon prince like i don't need her to be fucking the lion but just don't don't make my girl basically uh attacks on my army don't do that <laughs> yeah don't don't make me shelter games workshop don't do this to me yeah she's my <laughs> she's my favorite model in my sister's army and I, I want to field her on principle. I will field her on principle, so don't make me be m sad about doing it. <laughs> I don't need to convert one up for my army. 
Yeah, other than that, general rules, like non-faction specific rules, I don't think I really need anything else. I think that it looks pretty solid. I think that this is a great foundation. I think that they need to keep, stick to their guns and not bloat out stratagems. Yeah, that's my big one. That's my big fear. I'm like, I'm afraid they're going to go back to the well of stratagems. And I, they did good. They pared them down. They did them simple. They need to keep this up with, you can Ooh. only bring so many and we're not going to make a fucking, you're not going to get a ton of them with every codex, supplement, campaign, book, FAQ, tournament supplement. It's Fred's birthday in marketing. Here's some stratagems. Actually, I have, I have one that, Wretched, I'm betting you've read a bit more about this than I have. What's the current soup situation? Uh, not super great at the moment. Um, a lot of the things that you get to soup now uh, can't take any benefits from what your main army is. For example, the, the demons, uh, if you try to take them. Currently, if you played Disciples of the Red Angel in Ninth, uh, you could play, like, Bloodletters, your Bloodthirster, all the fun corn demons, and uh, they would get the benefit of Blood Tithe. Now with 10th, that's gone. Uh, and you can only have... Uh, it's still the 20-25% threshold to bring them, which is great, but they just don't get any benefit from being in the army anymore. So now they're going to be kind of a... And that's disappointing, because I feel like a World Eaters army should have Bloodletters and like blood crushers and, and blood I just want yeah I just want my hounds I want my my puppers they're like no they bad now yeah they're incentivized so actually that that's a good core rule change that I hope happens where you can they have better support for souping especially with ones that are, make sense like having demon armies mixed with your space marine with your space marines that's, yeah that's kind of like one of the big points of play in chaos right yeah i want to see thematic stuff come back i want to see a mercenary system for certain factions i want to see soup back in some capacity the thing is and what games are trying to do is how do we introduce this in a way that will not immediately be broken tournament yeah i honestly with the at least with the chaos demon one i feel like i thought there used to be like just terminology that said if you share this keyword you get this rule and i feel like for things like you know whatever the new blood tithe not blood tithe thing is called it's just like if it's a corn unit it can benefit from the rule you know that's yeah I think, yeah i definitely think chaos units or chaos space marines should be able to take chaos demons because chaos demons kind of struggle in 40k and similarly such <laughs> i know this focused game this one's probably more contentious but i think that in addition to gene sealer cults tau should also be able to have a guard regiment yeah i want to say guard yeah. i want to see some more uh more faction interplay. yeah but especially with those it's just because that's one that i never hear someone talk about but we know humans exist in the tau empire yeah if in actual lore they would have tau stuff but I just would like a mechanic where, oh, I've got a Bane Blade that's... I've painted tile colors. What do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know if you got the Bane Blade, but no, maybe they just have a separate... You get my point, though. Yeah. No, I'd love to see that stuff. And again, it's just, I want to see more thematic stuff, and I just don't know how Games Workshop balanced that other than doing the Legends. Like, this is a Legends-only rule, but Legends carries its own... It's just funny, because they have tons of experience with doing these kind of things. I read the Gene Stiller Colts Codex, because my buddy Denim has it, and it basically had this, like, breakdown of how Brood Brothers worked, and how you brought in both Tyranid and Imperial Guard regiments into your army, and I know oh, they're simplifying in... things, but I feel like it's not that complicated, really. Yeah, back in 7th, Guard stuff used to be right at home in Gene Stiller. Yeah. Which it should be, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I agree. I want I want some thematic soup back. I want mercenaries. I don't know, it's just call it whatever you want, but I want to see more army interplays that work. And then the big drum I will beat forever. Make Sisters of Silence worth taking. Ah, Towns of the Emperor. Yeah. Yeah. 
Richard, you you have more experience with custodies. Uh, what, what do you what are your thoughts on this? I uh, yeah, they need to give them something. I don't. That was one of the only things on the faction focus that kind of got me. Uh, them going from being completely immune to psychic, which was their niche, uh, to having to make a save with it now, which is fine. But they already were kind of stuck in this weird limbo of you might take some if you're going against a psychic army. And then you could use them to screen the psychic because their shooting's not that great. Their and the shooting sucks. Their attacks suck. Their attacks sucks. sucks. Their toughness sucks. So they end up sitting on the back point if you take them as that like last little bit of points you need to squeeze into the list. But yeah, no, they they didn't really hit the mark with them. They need something, and I'm not quite sure. And what's funny is armies. Basically, every army has at least one data card that is. You are a point holder. That is your point. You you don't get in a battle. Mm. That's not what you're meant to do. Like with orcs, it's Gretchen. Gretchen don't fight or shoot. You put them on a back point and leave them there to hold it. Uh, with sisters, I basically feel like a regular sister squad or novitiates basically accomplish that. I've watched Wretched do it with jackals and chaos spawn. The sad thing is the chaos spawn do it infinitely better than jackals, despite jackals being fucking awesome in my opinion. But point is, sisters of silence aren't that thematically. They shouldn't be holding the the fucking fort down. They should be out there dealing with psychers. And not yep. too tinfoil hatty, but there's definitely something rotten with how Games Workshop has treated Sisters of Silence. Yeah. I mean, when sure. they're first introduced, the Emperor has a personal cadre battle, uh, you know, bodyguard of them that go everywhere with him. They first came out, they had some decent rules for 7th, they disappeared for all of eight. Then they came back in ninth and like, oh yeah, they're here to die for your custodies. <laughs> the really important people of this box. Yeah, because... In the lore, and someone who knows Custodes lore more than me can probably fucking tell me I'm an idiot, but my understanding in the lore is that the Custodes need the Sisters of Silence because they're like, hey, none of us are psychers. We don't deal with, like, demon shit at all. So that's your job. Your part of protecting the Golden Throne is to protect from warp bullshit because we aren't specif specifically great at doing it. Like, Custodes can do it, but they're like... We don't have any particular skills toward this, so that's what you're here for. Yeah, no, Sisters of Silence will be continuing with my big gripes. Like, stop. Either don't put them in the codex or stop treating them like shit, because it's, it's not They They need some. <laughs> I don't know what that something is, but I would like to see them you become give them more high big. strength. You, you put them almost, you put them a stat line below custodian. Well, at the very minimum... They are wearing Custodes gear, so they're like their toughness and their saves. Maybe not their toughness, because different conversation. But at the very least, they should have Custodes level saves. This can be our workaround for female space marines. We're gonna make them superhuman. Why? Because there's not a lot of lore about them, and they can do whatever the fuck they want with. I mean, admittedly, and this is going into old conversations. Custodes are custom made people, uh, so it's no yeah. requirement. To, anyway. Yeah. Or, uh, anyways, we're getting off track. Uh, General, are we all feeling positive about tenth. Yeah. I like it. Everything I've seen. I, uh, again. Like, all my gripes that I do have, other than the fight first thing, which I think is mechanically a mistake. Yeah, it's gonna have to yep. be fixed. That, that's gonna be an easy fix, I yeah. think. Other than that, my gripes are basically thematic, aesthetic kind of things, but as a as a base, as a foundation for which we can play with our toys, I'm very excited. I think it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this edition. I mean, we'll see where it goes, but right now they fixed my two big issues going in immediately, which was too many damn stratagems and objective control was just kind of boring. Honestly, I, I do think... I haven't seen what new... Do we have any information on what new missions would look like? We got the one. What was the one? 
That was this is the basic one that came in the rule book, which is like, hey, see these objective points. Hmm. I just, I'm surprised I've never played a game with moving objectives. Like I feel like that should be more common. But anyway, yeah, I have been thinking about trying to make custom rules for something like that and not have it be broken because that would be fun. Yeah. Well, anyway, I have no more particular concluding thoughts. Wretched. Nope. I think we covered it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, do all the things that the podcasting algorithm demands of you because you know you want to keep up with this great content. You know you want to know what we're doing. You know that you want us in six months to go, wow, we were wrong about 10th edition. It's horrible. No one saw the return of the Chaos Dwarfs. If if that <laughs> happens now, I'm going to be very grumpy with you, Ulrich, for predicting it. Um, but trust me, after missing an entire edition, namely due to lack of interest and fucking plague, I am so psyched to have an edition back. I'm excited to play. Hey, man, who knows what's going to happen? They brought fucking Beastmen into Kill Team. Who? We're in crazy times. Yeah, Beastmen made it into Kill Team before fucking World Eaters did. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> but if you're listening to this, it's on some platform, theoretically, unless you downloaded it, but even then you probably downloaded it from a platform, and if that was a platform you normally use, cool! Well, thank you anyway, but if you were like, oh, fucking Geeks with Shields, guys, I have to go to this other platform I don't normally use to listen to them, because I do like listening to them, well then tell us what the platform you want us to be on is, and as long as they're not trying to charge us some ridiculous amount, we'll try to get on there. As always, this has been Lord Commander Art. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. And thank you, Wretched, for joining us, by the way. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Be sure to tune in next time. And remember, your Ultramarine joke is bad, and you should feel bad.